Happy Friday, everyone. Friday, August 19, Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And Penrith of the minor premiers for the fourth time in the club's history. The second time in three years after a cracking game of footy last night at a core stadium. 26-22. They got there, the Panthers, courtesy of a late Liam Martin try after. Well, they led 20-12, and then the Bunnies scored a couple of tries there and actually led 22-20 with eight minutes to go. Then a penalty goal, and then the try at the end. Loz, morning to you, mate. Gee, that was a good game of footy last night. Yeah, it was good, you know, just what we expect coming up to the semi-finals, and it had that semi-final atmosphere about it. Uh, both teams looked as though they could have won that contest, but well done to Penrith, as you mentioned. That's their second minor premiership in three years. Ivan Cleary's done a terrific job in building this squad. Uh, they currently sit four games uh, in front of anyone else on that competition table. Uh, the Rabbitohs currently in fifth, and, you know, their struggles for a top four uh, might be on be be beyond them now, but um, yeah, depending on what happens with the storm, uh, obviously tonight when they take on the Brisbane Broncos. But yeah, I thought it was a quality game of football. Both teams missed plenty of opportunities. Liam Martin, in the end, was the hero, scoring that try with only a couple of minutes to go. But he bombed probably two tries that he he, he should have had. Uh, unfortunately, though, um, he, he didn't get to cross the stripe on three occasions, but what he was able to do was score the match-winning try. And the Panthers, they have shown they've got plenty of fight left in them, even though they are missing a couple of key players. I think they get a couple back next weekend. So they're building nicely towards the final series. Brad from Broadbeach on the text line already. Morning, men. I suggest Latrell look over his shoulder. Cleary, Luai and Fisher-Harris are coming. As for your man, Damien Cook being Kangaroos hooker, Coruscant, Grant and Hunt say, hold my beer. I thought Cookie was good last night, but uh, in a losing cause. Morning to you, pup. How's your Friday morning? morning boy. We're going to have to get your uh, audio sorted here, pup, so you can talk to me and our listeners. But we will sort that out shortly. But, uh, Loz, while we're getting at... Clarkie's audio sorted. Uh, you, you mentioned Liam Martin, those two tries, but uh, still, I thought he was pretty influential last night considering that ankle injury he had last week. I can't believe he played, you know. The way he limped off the field last week against the Melbourne Storm, I thought he was a 1,000 to 1 to turn up this weekend, and I thought it was a bit of a furphy when they actually named him in the team. But what he does do, he gives you enthusiasm and he plays at 100 mile an hour. So everything that Liam Martin does is with plenty of energy. And he did that again last night, whether it was carrying the football or whether it was defence. Um, you know, and he, he also started with Mitch Kenny last night, Ivan Cleary. Appy Coruscant came on um, after about 20 minutes. Um, and I think, you know, he's just sort of tinkering with his team a little bit and giving people a run before the finals. Um, but their completion rate was high. South Sydney, you know, they they conceded plenty of yardage through the middle. But one thing South do have, they have plenty of attack. They've just got to make sure that they step up defensively, be a bit tighter around the middle, and they'll trouble anyone with the ability to move the football. Um, they were they were troubling uh, Penrith in that first half in particular. I think they had six line breaks to nil in that first 40 minutes. Um, and, and they look very dangerous. And they look as though they were going to do it with ease, but Penrith, uh, they just show what a, a magnificent team they are. They, they they play with plenty of enthusiasm. They've got a bit of toughness about them, uh, and I thought it was a, a pre- impressive performance, uh, given that they did have, um, you know, Fisher Harris, uh, Luai, uh, and also Nathan Cleary missing, and, and Dylan Edwards at the back of the field just continues to impress and gets himself heavily involved each week for Penrith. And they missed him last weekend, but I thought again. Last night, he was terrific. Take two, Pup Morty. See how we go. Yes. Now. Is that better? Woo-hoo. Morning, guys. Uh, morning to our listeners. Yeah, it was... A, well, I watched the first half and then fell asleep. But, um, yeah, for me, it's just the Panthers nowhere near full strength, yet still beating, you know, one of the teams that we're talking about being in that grand final or a chance of being in that grand final um, against them. So, yeah... Oh, I don't know how you knock the Panthers over. You know, minor premiers, I guess the only way they can lose that GF is the pressure, Mm. the expectation, um, the fact that, you know, for mine, they, it's it's theirs to lose, not the other way around. So, you know, there's a lot that comes with that. Can they handle that one moment 
on that big stage, which they've done before. Um, they should be in a better place this year than they have been the last three years. But uh, only time will tell. But, yeah, they... Um, Geez, they were good. Rabbits were good as well. It was a good game of footy. Great game of footy. And, uh, Loz, just looking at the table, it's... You look at that loss for South. Gee, I'll tell you what, this is one that could really come back to bite them because they win that. They're right in the top four picture. By the end of the weekend, should the Broncos beat the Storm tonight, the Eels beat the Dogs, and the Roosters beat the Tigers by 10-plus points, all of a sudden the Bunnies will be eighth at the end of the weekend. So that is just the nature of the congestion in that sort of uh, back half of the eight and around the top four spot even, that this final series could potentially be one of the all-timers. Yeah, and you know they're not home and hosed uh, just yet either in terms of making the f- semifinals. I mean, they've got the Cowboys, South Sydney, and then they've got the Roosters. Oof. So if they, if they lose those two games and the Raiders continue to win and improve their for and against, you, you just don't know. So that's why every two points is so valuable at this time of the year. So the, the Bunnies have a tough run home. Uh, most of the teams play each other in that top eight. Um, and it, it might come back to haunt them because I thought they were good enough to win last night. Um, but they just didn't execute as well as what they should have. And they made critical errors at big moments. And Penrith... They just showed that there's a real steel about them, which they've discovered and learnt over the last couple of years as a good football team. They believe in each other, and they just keep going until the 80th minute. And if you're not prepared to do that, then you won't get a victory against them. It's a very important game, actually, for Melbourne tonight as well, because if Melbourne can win against the Broncos tonight, it, it puts a four-point gap between themselves uh, then the Roosters and the Broncos. And if the Roosters win, they go to 28. So it puts a four-point gap between the Roosters also with Melbourne. Um, and then you've got the Eels, who play the Bulldogs, but they've still got a tough run home, the Bulldogs. I think they've got to play the Broncos in the Melbourne Storm. So you'd think if Melbourne can win tonight, um, they'll nearly virtually assure themselves as a top-four finish. Yeah, be getting there, wouldn't they? Uh, for sure. So well, what a cracking end of the season we've got. And the grand final at long last. It's been decided. Good result. It's going to be here. This year. Good result. And then, oh, I'm all for this. I've been saying for a long time. Make it Super Bowl style. Sell it to the highest bidder. Travel it around. Well, they're going to, aren't they? That's going to happen. Made because, that very clear. Yeah, because uh, they couldn't come to an agreement over... Mm suburban stadium funding and therefore the NRL said to the state government, well, if you're not going to give us the millions for that, we're going to sell this grand final to the highest bidder going forward, starting from next year. And I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what side of the fence I sit on with this. I can understand the frustration um, from the NRL after really being promised, um, you know, a certain amount of money to upgrade... um, grounds and things like that but you can understand where you know the reasons for them not getting that money now where that money's gone and um, obviously after the floods trying to help out there so it's a tough one but yeah look I don't know I think a big part of me loves the tradition of the grand final being in Sydney um, and obviously a lot more teams in New South Wales than there are there are in, in Queensland and obviously the one team in Melbourne but yeah who knows who like Queensland hosted it last year and did a great job. Mm. And we were all for that, obviously, because of COVID in, in New South Wales. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't see the ground as, you know, as you mentioned yesterday, you know, it hasn't got that aura like the MCG for the AFL not Grand Final. Even, not even close. But, but, what, but, the, but the state does. Mm. So the Grand Final being in New South Wales, there is history and tradition there. The AFL Grand Final being in Melbourne, forget being at the MCG, but being in Melbourne... To me, that should never change. Um, so I think I think I see it like that. I think I still think it should be in New South Wales. Um, but we're moving with the times, aren't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Once again, another example, cash is king. Whoever's going to pay the most amount of money is going to get it. Oh, very off topic. I'm just seeing on the Today Show here, sometimes Clarky, Aussies overseas. Blokes have been fined for surfing in the canals in Venice. <laughs> Aussies, of course. As we do. <laughs> I mean, As serious. we do. Don't when you go overseas, sometimes you can just pick the Aussie straight away. Yeah, 
you're doing something stupid. You're yeah. Australian. <laughs> Unreal. But, Loz, with the grand final situation, uh, 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 the key is going forward. If you're going to do what the NRL is seemingly going to do by selling it off to the highest bidder, you've got to have the fans know at the start of the season, at the very least. So, you I mean, you look at it over in the NFL, they know Super Bowl venues about four years and for the next four years. We can't yes. have this situation. I know yeah. this year no, was No, but unique. it was all different because of the, the agreement that they had yeah. with the government and the government reneging. So that's where the NRL have got their back up. I mean, it was always going to be in Sydney until that deal was taken off the table. So I, I understand the, the NRL's point of view in that regard. Um, I am... Look, I'm, I'm like Clarkie. I, I, I prefer it to be in Sydney. And I, I'm only talking about my own preference here because of when I played. And to me, it always just felt like semi-final time when you you came to Sydney and you ran down the tunnel at the, the footy stadium uh, compared to playing a, a home final. And I, and I get that the times have changed. Um, so I am open to taking the game. But I, I'd probably like to see it taken every say, two or three years. And taken anywhere, Loz, or taken only to Queensland? Like, are, are we are we okay if there's a grand final in Perth? No footy, yeah. no leagues played there all year, yet they're the Optus Stadium, they're the highest bidder for that one grand final. Are we happy with that? I'm not well, sure think, I'm happy with that. No, yeah, pro- probably not. But I, I think where it's at at the moment, it's down to revenue and it's down to, you know, the, the amount of money that the clubs can make out of, hosting a grand final because, you know, the, the money obviously goes to the NRL, which distribute it back to the clubs. Um, and, you know, if, if they're getting a bit more in their kicker, then they'd be happy for it. But I, I, I'd hate to see, you know, Sydney only get a grand final every five or six years, something like that. I, I think if if you looked at maybe every second year, um, you auctioned the, the grand final off. But again, it'll come down to what governments are prepared to pay. And, I think we read yesterday where Queensland were prepared to pay a lot of money over a 10-year period to have at least three grand finals being played there leading into the Olympics in 2032. So it's a a difficult one, but I think they've made it clear to the New South Wales government that if you want the grand final to stay here, here in Sydney... You're going to have to put your hands in your pocket. And it is front page of the Daily Telegraph as well today. It's ours for now. The New South Wales government has succeeded this year, but this is only for one year from next year on. The NRL grand final is on the table, Peter Volandis. What about how he described Dominic Perrottet, the state uh, premier as well? He called him a very good human being, but added, don't have a bet with him because if he win, he won't pay you. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite complimentary to the Queensland Premier as well. Yeah, very complimentary. <laughs> but the thing about this, fellas, if there's an election in New South Wales in what March next year, yeah. I mean, this could all change again. Yeah. If there's a change in government, they might, you know, put two hundred billion dollars. Say they're going to stay to the the NRL. No, no, no. We will, you know, fund the the stadium upgrades, etc. And then it could all be back on the table. Mm. So. That could all change next year. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it could, and we're none the wiser. But you know, Peter Volandis is a tough negotiator. He wants the best for the sport, as we all do. If you're a rugby league supporter, and he will get what's right for the sport because we know how tough a negotiator he is. He's not backing down. Uh, he was able to get more money out of the New South Wales government. So, look, this has got a bit to play out, but I'd expect uh, New South Wales or whoever receives the grand final over the next few years to be paying plenty for it. Uh, now, back pages of the papers, same headline, Telegraph and the Herald off the back of the game last night. Minor miracle is the headline there, the back page of the Australian. Martin match winner ensures minor title after the 26-22 win for the Panthers last night, securing the JJ Gilton and Shield. Uh, what about the back page of the Australian? Loz, this situation with Essendon, I mean, just talking about coaches in general, spare a thought for Ben Rutten this Man, weekend. How bad. Uh, Clarkson regrets making life tough for coaches affected by his call. Now, down south, there's uh, just, well, there's now two clubs absolutely clamouring for one of the great modern coaches in Alastair Clarkson, four premierships there at Hawthorne. So the Essendon coach, Ben Rutten, at this stage, is coaching against Richmond tomorrow night 
Last game of the season, of course, in the AFL before the finals. Certainly the last game in the Bombers' season. And yet he, here is his club trying to get Alistair Clarkson as coach. I mean, there's a chance he, he doesn't even know as, as of this morning, Loz, whether he's going to be, even be coaching tomorrow night. But at this stage, he is. Yeah, Horrendous. I don't like the way he's been treated. Horrendous. It's, 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 it's not right the way that he's had to conduct himself over the last couple of days with all this talk about Alistair Clarkson. But I will say this. I will say this. Essendon have underperformed. And if you've got someone like Alistair Clarkson on the open market, they needed to have that conversation. But they also needed to tell Ben Rutten where he stood rather than just leading him on and letting him find out throughout the press what's actually happening at that footy club. I, I, I don't like it, but I, I can understand why Essendon would make a play at him. I guess the issue there at Essendon this week is the fact they've had a change in president. I mean, it's just absolute turmoil at that club changeover. And at the same time, <laughs> hey, they're trying to land the biggest coaching fish in the game. Oh, you can you can be coach as long as we don't get our plan A. <laughs> what a slap in the face. I would it, tell him to go jam it. Yeah, it's so, harsh, oh, okay, if we don't get Clarkson, then I would like you to stay for next year. Mate, are you kidding me? Yeah, that's What the an embarrassment. Oh. Don't come to me and tell me I'm a plan B. I'm trying to coach your team. Like, what about all the supporters, all the – what about hard work I've put in for, you know, for this club and you treat me like that? I would tell them to go and stick it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, it's very Whether you get Clarkson or not, bad luck. Mm. I'm out of here. Uh, Now, also – slap in the face. Well, you you adopted the Bombers this year. You and your mate two-metre Peter. then I'm fuming at them. I still like (laughs) two-metre Peter. I like the players. I reckon the way they're treated their coach is disgraceful. Yeah, you got to feel for him. We'll talk about the All Blacks. And how embarrassing is it going to be if they don't get Clarkson? Well, exactly. Mate, what a joke. What I'm do they t- say to Ben Rutten then? Mate, if I was Ben Rutten, I'd be, here you go, stick this contract where, where the sun don't shine. And pay I'm me out. 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 <laughs> yeah, and give him my cash. Uh, back pages of the Herald and the Australian as well, Pup. I'll tell you what, <laughs> Cricket Australia, could they bend over backwards any further for, you know, on a case-by-case basis? basis to get these players to play in the Big Bash. So the headline in the Herald, uh, Warner on board, but Smith set to brush bash. Uh, back page of the Australian Lynn and CA close in on Big Bash deal. So this is what's going on. Steve Smith has declined signing with the Sydney Sixers. He wants to see whether he needs a break at the time. Uh, Cricket Australia, they reportedly won't lock him out this time if he wants to play like they did last summer. Uh, David Warner is set to be topped up to play for the Sydney Thunder just so he doesn't put in an application to go and play in the UAE T20 League. And Chris Lynn's set to be allowed to go to the UAE after playing about half of the big bash with the Adelaide Strikers. Now, Chris Lynn's an interesting case because he's not signed by anyone. And something somewhere... Uh, says that he needs to get approval by Cricket Australia, even if he's not signed. No. Anyway, he would have... Can't be right. The, the indications are he would have taken Cricket Australia to court for Definitely. restraint of trade. Definitely. So I think there's three different situations here. I, I think how it should be is very black and white to me. If you want to represent Australia, you have to play in an Australian domestic competition. If you want to play Test Cricket for Australia, you've got to play Shield Cricket for someone. If you want to play 2020 Cricket, if you want to play in the World Cup then you've got to play 2020 cricket for one of the franchises. It's a simple solution. Very clean. Hmm? David Warner, I think, does want to keep playing 2020 cricket for all the franchises around the world, but I think he wants to, I think he wants to keep playing 2020 cricket for Australia as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does sign a deal. Steve Smith, on the other hand, I think this 2020 World Cup, if he's selected, will be his last. I think he'll retire from 2020 cricket. So he mightn't want to sign to play in the BBL because the World Cup's over before the Big Bash and that allows him time to, like he's, like you said, just rest and just concentrate on one-day cricket and test cricket for Australia. Smitty's, and he'll still play in IPL. That might be his only 2020 league. But So the David Warner and Steve Smith's situation very different based on when this World Cup is, which is October 13 till November 13, before the BBL starts. That's what I think Smitty's doing. Chris Lynn, fair mate, play on. He's not contracted to any state or to Cricket Australia. He's a free agent to go and play in any league he wants around the world. Signed for individual leagues around the world. 
Cricket Australia cannot stop him going. If he decides to play in the BBL, then he's already sounds like he's already signed his deal in the UAE, which I think starts January fifteen. Until February 15, that tournament is? I think it's January 6 to February 12, I read yesterday. Okay. UA, the new UAE. The new UAE. Okay, so yeah. he's going to play the stuff. If he does sign with mm. BBL, he'll only be available for the first half. Yeah. And then he's got to obviously honour his UAE contract, mm. which, again, Chris Lynn's probably on, I'm guessing, in the UAE. Let's say he's on $600,000 for a four-week tournament. Where BBL, an eight-week tournament, he might be on $200,000. So you can understand for him, who's not contracted to any state or Cricket Australia, he's just going to go for the highest bidder. So three very different situations, and I reckon the first two are dictated by, do they want to keep playing for Australia after this World Cup? Chris Lynn, Cricket Australia can't do a thing. Free agent. All I know is for all the fast food cricket fans, you've got it coming. Left, right and centre. Get your cheeseburgers, get your popcorn chicken. All around the world, there it'll be. 24-7 now, Mido. Yep. 10 ball competitions will be next. Yep. 15 balls. Well, there's a 10 over comp. We'll in all the bat left-handed. Yep. Oh, seriously. Is yeah, there, there an, is, is a 10 it, over comp. Yeah. Is 100? there an over 40s? Oh. Veterans? Come, come out of retirement, eh? Well, only, I think I've got five <laughs> overs in me. How many zeros <laughs> need to be on that contract? I can for five. I can bat for five. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be the media manager. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Give us a call, 1353 53. Send us a text, 0419767272. Uh, we've got the Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast multi coming up shortly, but just 26-22 last night, Penrith over South. Now, Loz, uh, thoughts on the Edwards try? Obstruction any other day, or is it my red and green eye? Cheers, Alf. What did you make of it? Uh, let me say this. I, I think at, I thought it was going to be a penalty because he interfered with the player trying to get across and make a tackle. But Campbell Graham made a bad defensive route. Yeah. So Campbell Graham actually came in to help make the tackle. And I think that's the reason why they allowed Dylan Edwards to score that try. I'm okay with that, but we've seen throughout the year that knocked on the head. We've seen the video ref and the bunker say, no, that's no try because the player has been obstructed and interfered with to go and shut down that space on the outside, and he was denied an opportunity. But me watching it last night, I thought straight away, well, that's just a no try because of that, but I was happy to see the video ref look at that as a footballer and say Campbell Graham's contributed to that because he's made a bad read. And again, I I actually thought it was good. I I thought the way they understood what was happening in the context of that game and the read by Campbell Graham, I, I think it was the right decision. But we've seen decisions like that this season that have gone against the attacking team. Yeah. I don't know whether you're any clearer with that explanation. No, no, it made complete sense to me. It just seemed like it was refereed differently, but it's sort of the decision that we... refereed differently, but the decision was the one that I think most people want to see. Yeah. Yes. Because it was a bad defensive read, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So regardless of um, whether he got to his outside shoulder or not, Campbell Graham, if he stays out... That's a that's a no try because he denies the player the opportunity to go across and make the tackle on Dylan Edwards. But because he'd come in, I think that contributes to how Dylan Edwards finds his space. So I, I was okay with how they adjudicated that. Oh, yeah, this player didn't have a happy night. Uh, Cal at Bathurst says, Morning, Laurie. Is the South's winger Paulo up to it? Uh, because he surely cost South the win last night. Appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, he had he had an unhappy night, Jackson. Yeah, he did. And I'm on a chat group, and I get that many messages throughout a game of football, and in particular from one group. And there's about four bunny supporters <laughs> on that chat group, and you don't want to know what they were saying about <laughs> young young Jackson. But he just had an off night, and I'm sure that you know he mightn't be in the team next week uh, because of the errors that that he made. Um, but it was disappointing 
for him, disappointing for South City. But you you just don't make one player a scapegoat. And I think the fact that he dropped that ball late in the game, that bomb, mm. late in the game, and I think that's why we all look at his game and go, oh, geez, he could have done a little bit better. But, you know, you can go right back to the start and cook his poor pass that allowed Stephen Crichton to go across the line and pick the ball up and score. You know, you can look at all the players and individually they would have come up with one error they wouldn't have been happy with. But when you start making a couple, and if you make one right at the critical moment, that's when people tend to notice it a bit more. Uh, Josh at Wagga says, off to the darts tomorrow with the boys at Wollongong Entertainment Centre. Got table service, food and uh, beers for four for a four-hour session. Can't wait, Josh at Wagga. Well, it sounds awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh, hopefully... The great man, Daly, will put some money in your pocket because the Sticky Wings Big Sports Breakfast Multi, I should have just checked whether it's open or not, but Loz, I'll assume it is. So go for gold. What do you got for us? Is he, what are you looking for? Four in a row? Uh, four in a row, Mido, yes. Unheard of, four in a row. Yeah. Un- uh, well, it is unheard of. No one's ever done no. uh, this First before. time ever. This is history. Yeah. What's that? This will be history. 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 I'm backing no, you no. too, Daly. Hang on. I'm going early because I'm not seeing it there yet. Oh, don't go early. We can't go, go early. early. Don't go early. Better early than late. There's a tease. What have you got on Loz's lock here while I'm having a look on the oh, tab app? Oh. North Queensland, 13 plus. They're up against the Warriors tonight. You've got Cronulla just head-to-head against... Uh, they're playing... Who are Cronulla playing? Manly. Oh, Manly have lost yeah. Ruben Garrick for the season now as well. So Tolu Kula is expected to move to fullback. And you've got Joseph Swali'i to score in the first 60 minutes against the Tigers. $3.25. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's uh, just about money for jam loss. Oh, well, let's hope so, Mido. Let's hope so. I was... Um, my old favourite, Alex Johnson, who we always put in to score a try within the first 60 minutes, was at it again. Geez, he's a great finisher, oh. isn't he, Alex Johnson? And I never, ever thought that Ken Irvine's record would be beaten. 212 tries, but... I've got a feeling if he can stay healthy, Alex Johnson, he's a massive chance. Big, big chance. No doubt about that. Okay, as soon as I see the uh, multi-open, we will get to it. But give us a call, 13.53.53. Great weekend of racing ahead of us. We've got the Willembar Cup today as well. Race 7 on the card over the 15.50. And the Ritz, which was uh, the runner-up in the Coffs Cup, just uh, recently behind Hosier. Is the $3.50 favourite for Michael Morrison and Lani Allen in the saddle. Skyman uh, won the Rolly Mile at Hawkesbury yesterday. It was $4. J-Mac on. So that gave Chris Waller his fifth Rolly Mile. And uh, Animo keeps getting backed for the Wink Stakes tomorrow. I'll just check its current price here. It's into $2.30, uh, Animo. So yesterday went $2.80 to $2.30. Uh, and uh, it's got barrier one there, but uh, gee, that's a that's really strong support in a pretty good field, isn't it? For the Wink Stakes, the first group one of the season there tomorrow. So uh, looking forward to a cracking day at at Raw Rewick and, and Loz later this morning. I'm going to try and have my Paul Joyce moment because I've been alerted to a horse at a very very big price in race four. In fact, it's the ruffie in the field, and I'm going to make a case for it. Rightio. Can you tell me what that might be? Yeah, okay. Do you want me, I'll just do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so in race four, and I will confess, it's an owner who has alerted me to the horse. And, you know, as we do, Loz, a lot of owners love spruiking their horses. Yep. But this one, I just thought, you know, I'll go and have a look. So in race four, number 11, Tarns Prince is 70 to 1 with Tab. Natalie Jarvis trains and Jay Ford's in the saddle. Now, it used to be with Matt Kamani. It's coming off a midfield run in the Forbes Cup where it drew wide, sat wide, and naturally finished midfield. Now, back in March, it beat a horse called Yukon. And Yukon won a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago, yeah. And beat Grace and Harmony. Grace and Harmony for Chris Waller, has form around the likes of Flying Mascot, Mirror Vision, Ellsberg from last spring. And it's just popped up at 70 to 1. And it's got good... It's won two of three second up. It's winning distance. It's a 1,600-metre race the fourth on Saturday. Um, 
it's probably you know probably it's one between sixteen and twenty four hundred. So you know maybe sixteen hundred might be a bit too short, but second up seventy to one. I'm just going to have a bean on. Have I convinced you at all? No. Do whatever floats your boat, Mido. You haven't sold that really well. You just didn't sound confident. You didn't back yourself. You probably I expect right. more from you. Mm. I expect more from you. And that just wasn't convincing. What do you want me all. to say? We'll win at yes. seventy well, to one. Yes. No, well, well, yeah, I, I just like, needed I like you to be a bit more forthright. You're you're unsure of yourself. See, and that was the downfall of you. You're just a bit unsure. You've just got to say it with purpose, believe it, and then people forget about. If you've tipped them a seventy to one shot next week, people just move on. It's different if you tip a favourite; they remember that. So, can you go again? Just go one more time, really quickly, succinctly, and deliver it with a bit more confidence. Tarns Prince has yep. beaten UConn, which has form around very good group horses. Yeah, that's and better. it's seventy to one. It's won two yep. of three, second up. Ooh, yeah, and is right. way and shouldn't be that price tomorrow. There you go. Yeah, that's better. Get that's on your reckon. That's a bit more com. Like yeah. confident, you know? It's a lot better, you know? <laughs> you got to back yourself a bit more, kid. Yeah. Uh, he's a youngster, though. You're in his oh, no, he's, he's, learning his, he's just, you know, he's learning, he's learning his trade. Yeah. Give him a go. And it's yeah. Friday. You'll get better at it, son. Okay, mm. thank you. Thanks, fellas. <laughs> Love your support. I'm on it, though. You got uh, me the second time. You can have my hard earned. Beautiful. I'm telling you, mate. you got to be, you got to be like Stanley. Yeah, you just make well, it up. You just, you just make, make it up well, and you sound believable. Just make it up. Just make it up. That's what he does all the time. And it works for him. We've got, while we're waiting for the Sticky Wings multi to open, we've got China Plate. G'day, China Plate. G'day, blokes. How you do-do doing? We're very good on a Friday, mate. What do you got for us? Um, so I was just hearing Laurie um, talking about Paulo last night and, uh, and, and just a bit of a, uh, the bad luck he had. And it made me think of another wing that I thought you might remember, Laurie, back in 1989 when South were the minor premiers that year. And we had to play Canberra. And we had another winger who had a particularly bad game that took us out for the season. Do you remember that one? I do. 1987, actually. It was Steve Maven. Was 87 or 80? Yeah, it was 87. 87 at the SCG. Steve Maven, yeah. And he, he, he went home at half-time. He just went home. Yeah, he went to the Cauliflower Hotel. <laughs> That's right. He was at the Cauliflower Hotel, <laughs> and they looked around, and they said, aren't you supposed to be playing this game? So he walked straight out of the SCG to the Cauliflower Hotel, was having a beer. And in fact, I was at a function at La Perouse. It would have been a month ago. And I ran into Steve Maven at the function. Did you apologise f- to him? No, no, I didn't apologise to him. And I never mentioned that game. Uh, but it was good to say g'day. Uh, but he was a schoolboy star, superstar, Steve Maven. But yeah, he had a unfortunate game that night and it still lives with him to this day, I would think. If you have a nightmare, still on Dragon, poor bugger. Yeah, poor bugger, but he was a great player. He was a really good player. Really good really? player, Stevie, mate. Can I, just, can I just say something to Clarkie? Go for it, buddy. Mate, listen, I'm the bloke who read your book. Oh, what'd you think? Oh, it was a good read. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it jumps backwards. And, it jumps a lot, but obviously you have to do that as there's different stories with the yeah, I'm a jumper as well. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> but I was, while, while the boys were guessing while you're away and always where you're you know, trying to work out all over the world where you might be, mm. I was. I thought to myself, uh, he's going to see Brian Lara, his old mate. Yeah, I didn't catch up. I saw Brian actually about two weeks before I left for Europe. He was in Australia. Um, but no, I didn't get the chance to see him, unfortunately. But I will do. He's uh, He travels a fair bit. So he'll either be back in Australia or I'll see him, um, you know, wherever there's some cricket, wherever we follow the cricket around this year. Yeah, right, mate. No, it was a good read, and um, I hadn't, um, I hadn't read um, many autobiographies before, but it was, uh, it was give you, it would give, gave me a nice insight to who you were. So it was interesting. Oh, beautiful. Oh, thank you, mate. Appreciate it. Good on you, Blake. Enjoy your day. You too. Good on you, China. Play still available for more? No, nah, I wouldn't have a clue. Don't think so. Good and bad bookshops. Yeah, don't think so. Think when a book gets so bad, you take it off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Something the good ones sell off the shelf. Yeah. The ones take it off the shelf. Yeah. You just tell everyone it's sold out. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's sold out. What about they go? Oh, mate, and it's, it's an Australian record for like book sales, mate. The Australian record's about a thousand books. Every book that goes on sales an Australian record. Angus and Robertson is buy a thousand for your family. I don't know where I don't know Gosh. where they sold it. Was I? It was. Man, I think I did it. When did I retire? Two thousand fifteen. Hmm. Long time ago. Hmm.
Uh, Trent, morning. Morning, boys. How are we going? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Oh, it's Friday, mate. So any any time it's a Friday, it's a good time. So definitely. Now, now you lost the battle to get to Qatar for the World Cup, didn't you? Can you not admit that? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apologies. It's still a it's still a sore point, mate. Like I've seen I've seen Puff three weeks. By the way, welcome back. Welcome Thanks, back, champion. Mate. Thanks, buddy. Mate, I um I was seeing him on Instagram, and it just made me jealous. I know there's no beaches in Eiffel Tower in Qatar, but I'm sure they can build one. I'm disappointed in you, Trent. You showed no leadership, mate. You showed no strength at home, mate. You know that X-ray you need for a spine loss? Mine's yep. very lacking at the minute. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'll freely admit that, but um. Boys, on last night, congrats to the Panthers. First me to say, because my son's a Panthers fan, so um, congrats to them. But did you see enough out of South Laws to think that they can threaten them when the whips are cracking? I saw a lot in their attack. The only thing that worries me is their defence. I I think through the middle they conceded plenty of yardage. And they're the type of side to me, when I'm looking at it, they're just... they're in that sort of, uh, we'll be right, we'll be right. We've got Latrell, we've got Cody. Uh, if we need points, we'll be right. It, it was one of those sort of attitudes, I, I thought, last night. Whereas if they turn up and they have a real steely, hard look about their defence, and that's their priority in a game, I, I think they can trouble other sides. But it's just got to be the other way around, I reckon. They've got to prioritise their defence because the attack just comes natural to them. And they at times they look as though they're in second gear and they can still get the job done. But if you're playing against you know the Melbournes, say Roosters, a Penrith, that'll just grind and keep coming at you for the full eighty minutes. That might not be enough. So they've got to prioritise their defence. If they get that right, limit their errors. Yeah, there's enough there to suggest they can beat those teams. Fair enough. Now, mate, with the dogs as well. Like I heard you boys earlier in the week talking about perhaps a Michael Maguire coming in as an assistant. Yep. Boys, do you think there's going to be too many Chiefs and not enough Indians in that side as far as the coaching ranks go? Because you've got, obviously, Serrato's in, and I'm happy with that as a Bulldogs fan. I'm happy with that. You've got Michael Maguire as a potential assistant. I, I think Trent Madge has said that he doesn't want to go in as an assistant. I, I'm pretty Thank sure I read that. that somewhere. Thank God for that. I'd be. I'm, I'm actually, for, for both, Canterbury in McGuire's sake. I'm happy with that because it'll just turn Didn't he into decline the Titans time. job? Was that assistant job at the yeah, Titans, I, Loz? He said I no think to it was, Clarky. Yeah. I think he, he, he declined that one. He declined um, a, a, a Bulldogs um, job. Well, I don't know whether he declined the, the Bulldogs job, but he's been around talking to clubs. I think part of the reason he's been talking to clubs and been linked to the clubs is the fact that he's New Zealand coach. So he's getting around to clubs, speaking to players, speaking to the coaches about how those Kiwi players are going. But I'm pretty confident I read somewhere with Madge saying he still wants to coach, he still wants to be a head coach, and he's not looking at an assistance role at this stage. That's good to hear, Loz. That's good to hear. All right, yeah. please enjoy your weekend. We'll chat soon. Take care of yourself. Cowboy from Hill. Good to have you back on the text line, Cowboy. Yeah, how did day two at Lords go, please, Mido? Well, England are in froth and bubble. They were rolled for 165 after they were six for 116 on a mm. rain-affected first day. So they uh, barely scraped past 150. And in response, South Africa gets seven for 289, leading by 124 runs on the first dig with three wickets remaining. So uh, really for England, only Ollie Pope uh, made a dent with 73. Uh, Rabada took five for, five for 52. Norcher, three for 63. Only the quicks bowled for South Africa. And in response, well, they were two for 160. And then Ben Stokes, three wickets for Stokes. And uh, in the end... Uh, a lot of the South African batsmen just getting stars, but uh, the opener, Irwi, 73, the best of them. But there was a significant partnership between Jansen and Maharaj, the spinner, the mm. tail uh, down the bottom of the order. He made 41. And so the Protea is on top there, pup. They are, and their quicks bowled very well. Uh, don't ride England off just yet. I reckon if they can go bang, bang, knock them over for 300, 350 lead, South Africa. Go and make 400 in the second Probably got to make, yeah, I reckon they, I reckon they need, lead. Stand, I reckon they need 280 lead mm. and they can, they could bowl South Africa out on that last day. But 
good attack to go and make 450 against 400 against mm. England. You have to bat very well against that South African attack. But, yeah, you, you want to be in South Africa's position. That's a, that's a good start to the series for them. Uh, and they'll want to get up upwards of that 330 mark if they can um, with only three wickets in hand. But, yeah, they've got some good quicks, which is good. But, I, again, I, I still don't – I don't think South Africa's batting – Again, looking forward to Australian summer, I don't think their batting's going to be strong enough to dominate the Australian attack here in these conditions. Their quicks will bowl well. Mm. Um, but again, the other thing about playing in Australia, you don't mind that extra pace. Sometimes it can work to your advantage. You use the speed of the bowler to be able to use the full ground, you know, play late cut, leg glance, you know, hook shot, pull shot. So I don't think the Aussie batters would be too concerned about the South African quicks, um, even though they look like a really good attack. That's for sure. Um, but, yep, good start for South Africa. Uh, now, the 6.30 news with JR is coming up in the interim. Dicko's on holidays, Loz. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go for a, well, who do a, a I blame mission today. Then a mission to find the multi. <laughs> who, who am I blaming today? Then uh, well, you'll find someone. We'll right. find a scapegoat. Don't yeah, worry. We need a scapegoat. Uh, we need a scapegoat. Here you are on the verge of well, radio history by tipping four multis in a row. Opening round of the BMW Championship, the second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, and a great star from Adam Scott. Uh, Gowie said he'd be top Aussie yesterday, and had him as his roughie. At 40 to 1, I think he was. He started the tournament. Well, he shot a 6 under 65, one shot off the lead after Keegan Bradley shot 7 under. Uh, now, as far as other Aussies are concerned, Mark Leishman shot a 3 under 68. Lucas Herbert and Cam Davis are both 1 under through 17, so six shots off the pace. So, some good starts there, of course, for a reminder Cam Smith sitting out this tournament. Uh, with just a niggling hip injury as he looks to ensure he is in as good a shape as possible for a tilt at the FedEx Championship, the Tour Championship in Atlanta, where around 25 million Australian goes to the winner next week. Jamie Rogers, morning to you. Yeah, good morning, guys, and good morning to all of our listeners. Boys, Jewel in the Pool is on this weekend where Australia is up against the United States, so most of it will be held out at Homebush, but it does start today at Bondi with the 4 by 800 metre open water relay, and they've actually got some pretty cool events. They're trying to make it a bit different in terms of having some mystery behind it. And when I say mystery, like they literally are making this mysterious. So for things like the individual medley relay, the order of the strokes will be randomly determined at the start of the race. So regardless of the order, they all have to start on the blocks and dive in. So they might start having to do backstroke, which you don't normally dive off the box to start backstroke. So they won't know that until they literally go to stand behind the blocks. Then there's things like a two by 200 meter freestyle relay, as well as a four by 100 meter relay. And it's random. So then a team captain tosses a coin. And if they get, you know, heads, they can then choose, I'll do the two by 200 meters. And then the other person gets the four by 100 meter. Then there's things like mixed three by 50 meter relays. Then there's also things like, which I find very random, broken freestyle events so the 400 meter freestyle and the 800 meter freestyle are split into so there's like the first leg of 200 meters you have to compete in three minutes then there's the second leg and third leg and fourth leg and so on so stuff like that is a little bit random Um, but then they've also got mixed class swimmers combined with able-bodied relays so why this is significant is because Ellie Cole who is our most decorated female Paralympian And she now jokes about herself. She said she is the John Farnham of swimming because she has said she's going to retire three times but keeps popping back up because she was supposed to end in Tokyo, then in Birmingham. But she is actually going to retire in the jewel of the pool. And she said that while she's in nine events across the two nights, it is that mixed relay where it is the para-athletes teamed up with the able body athletes. And she said this is not a bad way to finish her career because she grew up feeling like a segregated athlete. So she will be part of it all. And she is super excited to be finishing her career at Homebush where she watched the 2000 Olympics and idolized swimmers like Liesl Jones. So it will be a special time to farewell her for the swimming world. But you can watch everything through the 7 Plus app. 
Yeah, what a career she's had to Ellie Cole, no doubt about that. And good on them for stepping outside the square and trying different things, JR. Why not? Yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you, Jared. That's what I was saying to you off air, that I think this is going to be a really exciting way to show showcase swimming. And if anyone is out and about, you can just tune in on the app. And I think it's going to be really, really fun because it's Australia versus America. We always like that rivalry. And we've got some of our top swimmers. You know, Emma McKeon will be lining up. So we've they've all come off that high of the Commonwealth Games. I know the Americans weren't there, but our Aussie swimmers have come off the high of the Commonwealth Games and we'll be really looking forward to rival up with the Americans. Okay, great stuff, JR. Thanks so much. So the 7 Plus app, you were saying? You can watch it all through 7 Plus. Yep, okay. Thank you, uh, Jay. I'll be back with the news at 7. Loz, just some uh, news over in the States for the NFL fans as well. Cleveland quarterback Deshaun Watson, who was originally suspended for six games, the NFL appealed that suspension as it was determined by an independent or former judge. He's now suspended for 11 games and been fined $5 million after a deal was struck between the NFL and the Players Association. Now, he recently signed a $230 million contract over five years to Sean Watson to be essentially the highest-played player in the sport. Now, this ban comes after accusations by more than two dozen women of sexual misconduct during massage sessions. And uh, he's settled, I think, civil lawsuits. He's settled uh, in 24 cases out of the 25 complainants and now faces 11 games. I mean, of $5 million, that's uh, significant. So the NFL was not happy with the original six games given to him. They wanted to really send a message and uh, they've come to that agreement. Yeah, and he missed all of last season as well, Deshaun Johnson. So he'll miss the majority of this season. And uh, that will wreck uh, the Browns' chances, I would assume, uh, this year. Um, you know, But they took him on knowing that the penalty could be there. And I think they were doing handstands when he only got six weeks. Uh, but the NFL certainly weren't happy with that. And they've given him a, a longer suspension. So... Oh, I don't know. I, I, you know, he's he's settled with a lot of those complainants. Um, he wants his career back on track. Spending two years out of the game, yeah, huge. It's a long it? time. And he only didn't play last year, Loz, because he didn't want to play at Houston. Mm. So he sat so, out. So, so that was of his own volition that yeah. he chose last year. So, yeah, two two years out of the game. Two but, years out of the game. It's a long time as a quarterback, mm. and you're not doing many reps. So he didn't do any last year. He's only done some in the preseason this year. He can't go to practice. Obviously, he can study their game plan, but you know, if, if he comes back, it's a it's a it's a massive achievement for him because of the amount of football that he's missed. Give us a call, 135353. Dean Bulldog Richie in the Telegraph reporting today. Now that Cameron Serraldo's locked in at the Dogs, Matt Burton and uh, the figures here, the club's set to offer around $3.5 million over four years. So I think I put it to you a couple of weeks ago, Loz, whether he's a million-dollar player. Well, uh, not yet because that, if uh, if those are the figures, you're looking at around $875,000 a year for Matt Burton. Oh, he's a wonderful player, Matt Burton. He's got his best football in front of him. Um, million dollars is a lot of money, but you know what? I think I'd be tempted to pay it mm. if I had to. I, I think he is someone that you see already made a, has made a massive difference to the Bulldogs. He's only 22 years of age, so he's got his best footy in front of him. Um, and the Bulldogs with Reed Marnie going there next year, you've got Kickow, you've already got Addo Carr. They're building a strong squad. You've just got to keep Matt Burton. He's a franchise player. He's someone that can play for that club for the next 12 years, 13 years. You can build a team around him. Got a wonderful kicking game, sensational runner of the ball. And, yeah, I think he's a uh, a million-dollar player. But, I mean, if the Bulldogs can get him for eight fifty, well, they've done a great job. Because I'm sure on the open market, he would get a million dollars off someone. Uh, now... Off the game last night, still looking for your multi, Loz. I can't find it. Apologies to our listeners who like to get on the multi. Uh, Dicko's on holiday, so uh, just trying to chase that up. Uh, They're nervous. They're a bit nervous. Maybe maybe, maybe this is a protest internally, yeah. Loz, against you. I know how they operate sometimes, in particular Dicko. I know he was in the fetal position a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> but what, what's this week's excuse? He's away on holidays. 
He's, he's mm. off. I don't yeah, know where he worried. is, but he's I think he's worried. He's, he's he doesn't want to be the man he's in charge. He's on sick leave. That's That's yeah, well, he will be sick. He'll yeah. be sick again this weekend. I'm pretty confident. Now, off the back of last night, 26-22, Penrith over the Bunnies. Souths won't win another game and miss the eight, says Rod at Nowra. Um, also here, oh, I've just lost it. But, uh, yeah, some Bunnies fans uh, certainly uh, a little bit worried about what uh, well now that they could end up down the bottom of the eight and what that means for them going forward, Loz. But uh, I, I, we were discussing yesterday, could this be the year where one of those teams outside the top four uh, not only makes the grand final, but really has a chance of winning it? I think they can. I, I, see, I look at the Roosters and I, I look at their squad and I go, if they stay healthy between now and the end of the year, they're a team that I can see challenging for the title. They've got so many good players. They've got strikeout wide. They've got a tough forward pack. They've got um, guys coming off the interchange bench with energy and, and size. And uh, they're someone that you wouldn't want to play. They, they you know, have a successful coach who knows how to get the job done. So I, th- I think it will or can be the year that someone from outside the top four uh, goes on and wins it. Um, but at the moment, you know, you look at Penrith and I think Penrith have given other teams some hope given what they've done over the last couple of weeks. But last night, you know, without three of their big guns, they were still able to pull off a tough victory. They'll get better, and it's still theirs to lose, as far as I'm concerned. A few texts on the grand final here. Uh, Morning, gents. The NRL moving the GF out of Sydney is as dumb as moving the AFL grand final out of Melbourne. Uh, Booty uh, says that. What happened to the NRL purchasing their own stadium? Example, Marvel Stadium. Yeah, I wonder what will occur there uh, well they've bought that hotel up in Brisbane the NRL but I mean yeah I mean that's been a master stroke from the AFL to buy Marvel Stadium that's for sure uh, anyway there's plenty here C- keep them coming 0419767272 morning guys if the NRL take the GF to other states the state government should pull all funding to improve the grounds. Remember, those who have the gold have the power, says Craig from Temworth. Surely there's no one in New South Wales that wants the grand final to leave. (laughs) Surely everyone wants it to be in this state. Like, every person in Melbourne would want the AFL grand final to remain in Melbourne. I think that's a no-brainer. I think, but 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 again, you can like you can understand what Peter Valandi is doing. Unfortunately, the New South Wales government have reneged on what they promised. So he's saying, "Rightio, it's the rules of engagement have changed, so it's fair play again." But yeah, surely everyone in Sydney or in New South Wales wants the grand final here. It's a massive event. You look forward to it every single year. Mm. Even the lead up, even the you know finals footy. That week leading up to the GF is, I remember, as, you know, you start playing your, you start playing club cricket in and around, you know, rugby league grand final and you can't, you're not even switched on to, to playing cricket, even though it's, it's prime time, start of the season, but you, you're so pumped about who's going to be in the grand final in that day, you know, that, that weekend is, is ultra special. So yeah, I'd be surprised if anyone doesn't want, anyone from New South Wales doesn't want to hear. We've got Doug on the line. Morning, Doug. Morning, how are you? No, pretty good, thanks, mate. What have you got for us this morning? Uh, Dylan Edwards, I reckon he should be for, play for Australia and the Origin match for next year. In, instead of who? Doug, whose place does he take? Tedesco's? Oh, jeez, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be tough anyway if he gets an injury. He just stand by, I think, for an injury. Injury, yeah. He is probably the best value for money player in the NRL, though, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. He's playing well, isn't he? And he yeah. played a good game this year, you know? Is that no, he's a good player, Doug. He's a really good player. Unfortunately for Dylan, he just hasn't got that X factor like a Tom Trebojevic or a James Tedesco or, or a Latrell Mitchell. But pound for pound, week in, week out, his effort is as good as anyone in the competition. Uh, he doesn't get picked. I'll walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <Yeah. laughs> no, he's a, he's a Doug, who's player. your team? Who do you go for? Pedro, mate. Panthers, of course. Yeah, what, I'd like to get a T-shirt off you. <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. We've got plenty to give away. We'll give you a T-shirt. What else we got, Mido? Stubby Holder. Oh, of course we've got Truck Stubby Holder. Yeah, we'll send we it to a, you, Doug, for sure. we got a shirt. Sure. 
Stay on the line, Doug. We've got a shirt for you. <laughs> Love it. Wilbur's away, so let's misbehave. <laughs> let's give all of his presents away. With the cooler weather arriving, get into Totally Workwear Rydalmere for all your winter workwear gear. We stock the best brands like King G, Hard Yakka, FXD and Steel Blue. Plus, check out the new Fuse Workwear by King G. Does your business workwear branding need a freshen up? Darren and the team will get you sorted. Open until 7pm every weekday. Totally Workwear Rydalmere, 279 Victoria Road, opposite Bunnings and Maccas. Your winter workwear, one-stop shop. Group 1 Racing, Raw Ramwick tomorrow. Sky Racing's Ali Mosley, fresh off a stint in the paper today. Oh, I... I Morning, Ali. In the news, in the, in the newspaper. In the news. Making the headlines, yeah. Alistair, eh? Just there having a little pose with yeah. Forbidden Love. As you do. Yeah. I actually forgot we took that photo a couple of days ago and I thought, I wonder if it'll run. So there you go. There you go. Well, well make sure you get it. Big fish now, isn't she, That's eh? It. You know? That's yeah. it. Take, taking you out of the paper, mate. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Front and back page for you, Ali, please. Oh, goodness me. I don't know if I can, if I can handle that. <laughs> well, Ali, I thought Enemo would probably shift out in the market through the week, but 280 to 230 now. Yeah, hasn't he been solid? I I've liked him the whole way through, but it's it's not very appealing, is it? At two thirty, it's sort of hard to to get around him. You start looking for a bit of value. I mean, he's the class horse of the field. the The question might be over whether he's ready first up, but he's drawn to get the soft run. Um, and it, it it is the value is just what's getting me a little bit there. Um, but he's certainly the class horse of the field, so he's he's who I like in it. Um, but if we're looking outside of that, I think top three, don't know what order they're going to run, but um, I, I'd like to think Animo will win. And then I think Mawanga, who's always playing in his trials, has come back. It sounds silly to say, but I think Mawanga's come back a stronger horse this prep. I saw him at the trials the other day and he looked fantastic. He never trials in shades and so he sometimes can look a little bit plain in his work, but he normally gets the blinkers on, which he will do. Um, first up here on Saturday. So I think Mwanga will run a massive race. And then another one in that is Fangirl, who has been working the house down at home from all reports. And I think everyone saw that really nice trial of hers. She beat the likes of Espiona first up last campaign. So she could be another one. So the top three, in order of, I'm not sure, I'm thinking Animo, Mwanga, Fangirl will be that, maybe. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a cracking race, uh, no doubt about yeah. that. What about the Silver Shadow in secret? Uh, was uh, superb. It was at Scone, wasn't it, back uh, in May and unbeaten, looking to make it three from three tomorrow. Yeah, and that kicks off the Daly Princess series, which is a, um, a very lucrative series for the three-year-old fillies. Um, I had a chat as well to um, James Cummings at Trackwork earlier this week, and he's been really happy with her. That If James is riding at 55, I'm not sure if he's riding over, but that would be almost the lightest he's ridden in a very long time. So when James gets down to, to 55, it means he, he wants to be on a very good horse. So she's resuming off, um, off the little break, so she should have the residual fitness off taking out the woodlands and I think she'll be she'll be the one to beat there. Another one I've got my eye on though resuming is Willinga Beast. So she's from the Chris Lee stable. Huey Bowman will be aboard. I know they had a pretty big opinion of her last prep when we saw her run second in the Percy Sykes and she's had two really nice trials. So I think she could be very much in this and we'll give in secret a run for her money. I thought we were going to have a, a dry surface tomorrow, but I've just looked on the radar and the bomb and it could be a bit of rain around so yeah. that's disappointing yeah it is i we were on i think a soft six and i thought we might have even improved out of that but then i just looked and it does look like we might get a bit on the coast here which is which is disappointing you never know though we could miss it's it's meant to be 20 degrees and mostly sunny tomorrow which would be beautiful um but if we can if we can just stay in that soft range and not get too much rain i think um I think everyone will be pretty happy considering what we've had of late. <laughs> what about in the Premier's Cup, Ali? Have you got anything there you like? Yeah, I do, actually. I like Francesco Guardi, or Guardi, depending on how you like to say it. Um, this son of Frankel, Willie Pike, is aboard, gets in with a pretty lightweight there of 53. Um, I thought he ran super last time out in the Premier's Cup prelude behind Lord Ardmore. He sort of looked like he was looming up to win. And I actually added him to the black book off that run. So I think Francesco Guardi at a bit of value will be the one to watch in the Premier's Cup. What are your best bets on the card, Ali? So I like Mon Felicity in race two. 
on the backup. She was, I don't know if anyone back there is listening, but it was a very sick watch if Ooh, you yeah. did. So <laughs> um, I like Mon Felicity in race two. Uh, and then I like Jamea each way in the toy show, which is race seven. Ali can very elegant win in an international debut on the weekend. Yeah, I, I don't know. I saw a photo of her the other day and she looked like she was carrying quite a bit of extra con- condition. I mean, not that that's, that's much to go off, but um, uh, I'd, I'd like to think she could. Um, I'm, I'm maybe sceptical, which mm. I, I don't want to be. I think that's a, <laughs> probably a negative way to look at it. But um, I, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but I would, I would hope that she could with, with, her, with her raw talent. Okay, so just recapping your best. You like race two, number six, Mon Felicity, $3.50 with tab. And race seven, number five, Jarmaya. Was that right as well, Ali? Yep, yep, Jarmaya. Jarmaya, which is a $5.50 chance there. Ali's best two. And uh, Premier's Cup, you were with Francesco Guardi. And yeah. in the Wink Stakes, just your tip there again. Oh, I think I'll go, I was going to go, oh, I've been umming and ahhing about this all morning. I even woke up and put it aside. Um, Animo, but then I also am really nervous about Mwanga and Fangirl. So we'll go, we'll go with those three. Yeah, <laughs> I think it could be Fangirl's preparation. I think Adam yeah. Fangilly said the same yesterday. Uh, and just looking at how Hugh Bowman had obviously the choice, Fangirl Forbidden Love, and he's gone with the, the Waller Philly and Fangirl. So uh, yep, exactly uh, right. when you try and find a bit of weight to something, I think that's uh, that's where I'm going to go tomorrow. But Ali, really appreciate your time as always. Have a great day, Trackside. Thanks, guys.